0: Marhaba, and welcome to The Matrix Pill, where real people connect. Hello, and welcome back to The Matrix Pill podcast. I'm Hilmarie Hutchison, and today I am thrilled to have AJ Malik with me, a true visionary leader and technologist. AJ's career is a testament to relentless innovation, delivering cutting-edge tech products, and championing user-centric solutions. With over 90 patents and influential books, he pioneers AI in real-time systems. Leading SecoMind, he integrates AI via Studio X for adaptable business workflows. His software, IoT, Wi-Fi, and ML expertise drive successful tech turnarounds. That was a mouthful. What an introduction. Thank you so much, Helmeri.
1: I'm uh, so pleased to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today. So before we get into the technical things of it, can you tell our audience a little bit about you and your background? Where did you grow up? Where were you born? Something about you.
1: I was born in India. I moved to US in 94. I was always a geek. I'm still a geek, 100% geek. My happiest moments are when I am within two feet of my laptop. And uh, I do not like when I'm far from my computer. I enjoy innovation so much. My favorite word is create. I live on it. I can tell you this, you know, we hear all the top people like Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and everybody say it. It's a fact. When you love what you do, you never work a single moment of your life.
0: I absolutely love that. I also love that you're so open about your love for your computer. You know, we always hear it's like all the teenagers, they just can't get off their technology, but it's lovely to hear somebody older, a little older than a teenager, that's willing to admit that this is not just something the teenagers love. That's fantastic. So what inspired you to get into technology? How did you get started in the tech industry?
1: Thanks to my father, he kind of chose it for me. I did good in my exams. In India, we have some kind of entrance exams for admission. And then my father looked into it like, well, I was pretty good rank. So my father looked into it, what I can get and what are the good choices. He asked many people around, some senior people, the chancellors in colleges, they gave advice. So him and all the people who gave advice. And that's how I got into computer science. Honestly, if I was not doing computer science, Oh my God, I will be so miserable. Thank God a right decision was made. For me, by destiny or whatever. And then I have enjoyed it. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. It's just the amount of innovation and amount of uh, things people do to improve life or quality of life. It inspires me every day. And so I'm, I continue. It's like a catch 22.
0: Fantastic. Amazing that your father could identify from your entrance exams what your strength was and, and send you down the right path. Because as you say, if you ended up going against what your natural abilities were, then you could have ended. That miserable.
1: I know I would be so miserable if I was not doing computer science or software.
0: Now, you mentioned you love your favorite word is to create. And I know that's obvious because you have an impressive portfolio of over 90 patents. That is absolutely remarkable. Where one finds the time for that number one, I wonder. But can you tell us something about the patents that you've created?
1: A lot of my patents are in the world of Wi-Fi. Patents or career, everything, there is a big part of luck. Like my father and uh, he got the right advice for suggesting me to go to join computer science. I have been very lucky in my career. I got really good bosses. I'm still in touch with almost all my bosses in my life. And I have changed many jobs. I got good bosses good projects and uh, you know when you are have good bosses who are like your mentors who are helping and helping you support you grow you and then you have good projects where you have a lot of opportunity to innovate do new things that's what happened and wherever whenever i was whether i was working with uh, maduresh In India, or when I was working with Jane Lee here in U.S., or with uh, Sujay Hajela, or Anthony Bartolo, or Kamran Sistanizadeh in Google, oh my God, it has been a blessed journey. And that has, they always inspired me, motivated me, pushed me and supported me in doing those things. So I was building, delivering and filing patents and creating new things.
0: Absolutely amazing. And I love that you give credit also that you, some luck involved in ending up in the right place at the right time and also having good mentors, good bosses that was willing to help you along the way. That makes all the difference.
1: Yes, it does.
0: You are so accomplished. I don't know which direction to go in asking you questions because you've been involved in, in so many things. So let's talk a little bit about your books. I know you've authored books like RTLS for Dummies and Artificial Intelligence for Wireless Networking. What inspired you to write these books?
1: All right. So I will tell you about what inspired me for the first book. Okay. So my wife... Uh, she always one pushed me like, Ajay, you need to do higher education. My wife believes in like investing more in education, getting more degrees and, you know, learning more. She is a avid learner. She would always like, Ajay, you need to do this. You need to really. And I was just a uh, undergrad, you know, I just did bachelor's computer science and nothing else. And my wife kept pushing. And then this... Uh, opportunity came like i was working in symbol technologies which got acquired by motorola i was working with a lot of real-time location technologies you know everything whether it's gps rfid or wi-fi or bluetooth or sonar or so many technologies so i had an idea that maybe i should write a book and interestingly same time these uh the dummies you know the wiley publishing the yellow and black books the dummies book somebody from that uh company contacted me and then i asked my wife like hey what if i do this book does it qualify for your desire. And then I don't have to do more education. And she said, absolutely. And I was like, all right, I'm doing this. And that is how I did my first book. And uh, I tell you, it was a very good journey writing a book. I learned so much while writing. And you know, my English, they had assigned a team of 15 editors and people helping me. I learned so much on the language. You know, there was no chat GP to help you those days. People were helping people and they helped me write book, good book. It was very frightening because I wanted to be correct because I got so scared that, but if anything is wrong but once I did it it was quite successful book and uh, then other books were just more barely like follow-ups they were like I wanted to share I enjoy teaching I enjoy writing and educating people it's like my hobby
0: Your wife wanted you to get a higher education and you ended up saying, you know what? I know so much. I'd rather just share my knowledge and educate other people, teach other people. So well done. Amazing. That is really fantastic. Now, let's talk a bit about AI. I know that's sort of one of the big things that you're into. Do you want to maybe just talk about what's happened with AI and where do you see AI going in the future? Let me, before I talk about AI, let's talk about
1: the basic human desire to do better than what we can do, a desire to overcome our limitations, eyeglasses to see better, or walking with a stick when you are trying to go uphill on a mountain, or, you know, even wearing shoes so that you can walk because bare feet is difficult, things like that. Humans have always tried to do, augment themselves with something so that they can do more than their natural abilities or limitations or whatever. AI is step in the same direction. It's nothing different. It's like when we had cell phone, when we got Google search, when we got internet, all those things helped us to do more. AI is just, it takes us to one more level. AI is where computer uses the knowledge of the world and can kind of think, can kind of suggest whether you can think it like this, like uh, in a very psychic way, what the future holds, you know, predict, hi, what will be the value of stock? what will be the sales of my business, what will be my inventory, what will be the number of bugs this product will see, what will be the field returns this product will see, or whether it's about, hey, I want to write a story, help me write a story, I want to create an image, write an image, I see this in image, help me draw it. So AI is a perfect assistant for all of us. I believe in democratization of AI. Everybody in the world should have access to AI so that everybody can live and lead a better life because they have a full-time permanent assistant for them to do their job, to help them do their job well, so that I can do what I want to do and I do not have to do what is boring or I do not have to crunch the data and figure out like, hey, everybody does not have to figure out, right? What is the value of pie? Same thing. AI is there so that I don't have to figure out everything. If it is something well-defined, if there is some process, if somebody else knows or that software knows or the AI software knows, let it help me. That's what AI is. AI is the perfect assistant for all of us. I see it moving in this direction. AI will become more and more part of our life, our business. It will be the personal assistant for everybody. You know, when people talk about uh, self-driving car, it's an assistant in the car driving it for you everything is in that direction it will grow it will happen. I actually think in five years, this assistant will be very, very powerful. It will be able to do a lot more. This is where why people get a little bit afraid because once we will start relying on this assistant, we will start giving more authority to the assistant. Once we start giving authority to the assistant, there is a little bit of a fear that's natural. It's like having an assistant who does malfunction or who does malfunction by intention. So those things have to be what well, we'll have to really focus on. But it is a Good assistant for all of us. That's how I see it.
0: I really enjoy how you explain that. That it's not a scary thing, even though there's a lot of uncertainties and unknowns. But it's really something to assist us and to help us to improve, to augment ourselves, to overcome maybe certain limitations that we have now. That's really good. Your business, SecoMind. It's a platform. Do you want to tell us about that? Studio weeks?
1: Yes, definitely. So, you know, right, like when you are doing AI, everybody needs an AI, right? As I was saying, every business also needs AI. You have like few employees needing AI or 10 or 2000 or 100,000. So when you have large number of employees working together, collaborating, then you also need an AI which collaborates with your team rather than individuality. I'm sure you have used ChatGPT and everybody uses ChatGPT, but ChatGPT is talking to each person one on one. It's not talking to all my 20 people, employees and teams working together with the chat GPT. What we have is an AI platform for the enterprise, which can run it in private cloud, which can run on their premise so they can be secure. They don't have to worry about where is the AI running? Where is my data going? Because this is my company's private data. So we focus on that and provide a collaborative platform which can help people in a team to harness the capabilities of AI. And so businesses can do better. They can have all the implementations, you know, depending upon their business or use cases. They can build their applications themselves. We also have a suite of like about 100 applications. They can pick from those, then they can enable AI in their business in a matter of weeks. That's the promise of our platform.
0: It sounds fantastic, but a little hard to wrap one's head around if this is not your thing. Could you give us maybe an example to help us understand how this actually works?
1: So, for example, you have a factory you have five hundred machines which are producing, say, copper wire or something else. So now you have a factory in machines, and now you have a lot of factory workers watching the machines and checking. So now, if a machine goes down, or if the machine starts making some sound, which might be a sign that it might go down in four to six weeks, like you know, when your car makes shrieking brake sounds, you know that you have to go for a checkup. Or a machine has started making something like the quality of wire has deteriorated. To do this. Typically, you have the factory workers looking at it, monitoring it all the time, religiously, dedicatedly. But when they are doing that, it's hard work. And if they miss, then the company may result in a producing a product which is not good enough. But just imagine if there were cameras in the factory deployed and the cameras are monitoring the machines and the products it's producing. And then that software is the AI which is running in the cameras and it's looking at the products and the machines and as soon as it sees or hears and uh, it calculates that this machine is now down or machine is about to go down or the product it's producing is not good it can raise alerts and you can have a screen you know the red yellow green light somewhere and then some factory worker so you can have a factory worker does not have to really be stressed out about the quality or everything monitoring but rather focus on when they really need to work on it and the owner does not have to worry about it that somebody but it's always monitoring because now there is an AI monitoring your machine.
0: So it's like something that could be sort of a very laborious job for somebody to manage and maybe make mistakes on that uh, AI can take over their job and be far more effective at identifying problems and then helping to find the solutions to that. Perfectly said. Okay, very good. So I got my head around that one. Let's change gears for just a little bit. I know that uh, you have built some top-tier teams throughout your career. What are some of the key leadership principles that have guided you through your career in the tech industry? I would say
1: a few things, okay? And I don't know which order because they are always, I try to follow them. And uh, one thing is like, you have to always lead by example. And what that means is if you expect somebody else in your team to work hard, you need to be working hard before you can even ask them to work hard you cannot be a slacker and expect everybody else around you works hard i believe in that if i'm about to ask somebody to do work hard or something before that it's me and if am i doing that am i working hard. Am I the right example for this person? And uh, do I even have the right to say that, hey, you should do something also? So that is one thing, right? Lead by example, that inspires people. Second thing, I call it the principle of reverse boss. You are actually not the boss. If you think about it, it's the team who is actually doing the work. You are leading them, but it's the team who is doing the work. So they are actually your boss. If they don't perform, we are screwed. So the business and everybody affects. So the team is actually more important than the manager or the leader. And to me... Helping the team in the background, helping them look good, helping them achieve what they want to achieve so they feel good about themselves. That should be the goal rather than like, oh, I'm driving them hard to work hard and deliver this and that. Help them succeed. And once they are succeeding, it's very satisfying because they are succeeding. You will feel that and they will feel that. And, you know, success will happen automatically. So don't chase the success rather than chase helping everybody in your team succeed in their job and their role. I think that is one of the thing I try to follow. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I try to follow that. And uh, one last thing I will say is don't sit on uh, things too much. Take decisions. You know what? You will make mistakes. But, you know, have the plan to course correct. Fix things are not going right or things are going wrong and you want to change them. But move like that. Always Take a decision fast rather than like take too much time to not decide execution or releasing your product and everything is the oxygen for what you are doing. And the more you do, it will becomes get oxygen and yes, you will get feedback and then accept the feedback, course correct and move forward. That's the best way to do things.
0: Excellent uh, principles there. Lead by example, the reverse boss, recognize that your team is the boss and keep moving. Don't take too long to make decisions. It's okay to make mistakes and rather course correct than procrastinate and not make a decision. So I think those are very good principles to apply. What advice would you give to young professionals wanting to get into the tech world or to make their mark in the tech world? I will say that
1: uh, easy money, millions and billions, gazillions, that happens, but that happens to very handful number of people, a small number of people, but most of us have to work hard. So I would say work hard, I think, I don't know if it's a true saying or not. Uh, Einstein said that it's 99% perspiration, 1% inspiration. I believe in that. Work hard. Success will happen. Don't focus too much on easy or fast money or quick money. Focus on learning and uh, working hard. Success will come and you will be very pleased and happy.
0: Excellent advice from somebody with experience. I love that. Now we've come to the segment of our show where I'll ask you some rapid fire questions. Our version of a game show. Are you ready? Sure, go ahead. Many people are concerned that AI will make their jobs redundant. Is that true? If the people do
1: not use AI in their job, yes, then their job will be redundant. The people who use AI to do their job better are safe and will remain safe. The people who will be like, hey, I don't want to use AI. I want to stay away from AI. They will not be replaced by AI, but they will be replaced by people who will be using AI. That's how I see it.
0: Excellent. Elon Musk says that AI will create a future where no job is needed. Do you agree?
1: I do not. Jobs will be needed and we will do and figure out. Our capacity will increase and what we are doing will increase. And we will do more and more, but there is a still part that we will be driving it. Like right now, my company, I, a lot of people, we are performing 10x or 20x of what we used to be our peak performance. So we are performing 10 times our peak already. So our performance has increased. But now what we are doing and what we are capable of doing is something more. And if you see, maybe the AI will change in 5, 10, 20 years and it will reach a state which I don't know. But the AI in the current state, it's an assistant. In fact, I see it like this. I see it as like a seven-year-old kid. It has the world knowledge. It has the capability. But you have to guide and you have to ask the questions right way. And that's how you will get things done. And you should not depend upon the seven-year-old to make decisions. You should help yourself.
0: This brings me to my next question. Clearly, you love AI and you're a proponent of AI. But do you have any concerns when it comes to AI? My biggest concern is there is a lot of
1: um, companies and businesses who, in the name of AI, they will take the data and the data will get misused because to do the AI, the companies will not be enough in secure or privacy conscious in their architectures or in their data management. So they might make mistakes without realizing it. I'm not saying intentionally, but without realizing it, those companies might actually inadvertently leak the data or make the data available to wrong hands. To achieve AI, everybody has to give their data accessible, make their data accessible to AI. And that is the concern I have. The data is at risk, huge risk, because of the desire to have AI.
0: So what is the solution for that?
1: Before engaging in any AI project, first understand and ask, What is the security architecture? What is the privacy? Where does the data reside? Where is the data used? And try to look for encryption which is personalized encryption it's like you know we know WhatsApp right or other some systems where there is end-to-end encryption the data between me and the other person is encrypted based on the keys of between two people nobody else knows how it is encrypted if somebody accesses that data they will not know that's how it needs to happen if you are working with any AI company or AI project make sure your data is encrypted by keys only you have access not even the company who is doing AI this way data is never stored in any form in any vulnerable state and uh, all privacy data is also masked well so really focus on that don't think privacy and security are something we will work on future when we have advanced start focusing on privacy and security from day one
0: i think that's very smart again having knowledge understanding ai will put you in a better position to know how to protect yourselves rather than going into something with not knowing and possibly making a mistake and having your information exposed possibly. What is one thing that you do every day, no matter how busy you get?
1: I always want to spend time with my kids. My wife always ask for uh, like, hey, let's do something together. Let's go out. Let's eat something. Try to do something together.
0: Excellent. Very, very nice. Thank you for playing along. That was some difficult questions, mostly easy. Thank you for that. Now, before we wrap up, we'd like to do our green pill moment. Could you share an inspiring or life-changing experience that you have gone through, your green pill moment?
1: I will tell you, and you tell me if it's a green pill moment, how you say it. This is like uh, about 20 years back. I was uh, in a company symbol and uh, there was a project we were doing and uh, the project was started and I had a peer who was driving it and uh, the whole team was unhappy with the uh, technology choice that was made by my peer I'm not trying to say bad about anybody what I'm trying to bring here is so the team was complaining and then I heard the team and then I tried to communicate and then the person did not even listen. And uh, then I worked with the team because team was complaining so much. So I collaborated at a very deeper level to understand the problem. And like, you know, there were like 100 people team and almost all 100 people were like, we want to change. Then I helped them to come up with the alternative architecture. And because there was a fear, you know, my peer was very afraid that we are already four months into the project. And if we make a change, we will blow up the dates and we will lose and, you know, we will lose our face big time. Then I worked with the team and with the team, we collaborated and created a design so that we will not hit miss any date. We worked and, you know, we were able to make the change and uh, it worked out. Even my peer was very happy after that. The biggest thing I learned from there was it's okay to... Change the horse in middle of the race. A lot of times we make, hey, we have made this decision and you continue because now you you are running out of time. So you continue on a path just because you have invested already so much in it or you don't have enough time for the final milestone. But sometimes you have to just take a decision which is strong, which is like, OK, no, this has to be done and this is how we will succeed. You have to take that big risk and go for it. And, you know, it works out.
0: I think that's an excellent Greenfield moment. Some of the lessons I also got out of that was your willingness to collaborate with a greater team, with a bigger team. When you get everyone on board, to find a solution, then you can be successful. Whereas if people are not on board, they're not happy with decisions, then it's hard to achieve things together. But I love what you say. It's okay to change the horse in the middle of the race. So if you've gone down a bad path, don't say, "Well, I can't change now," because you're just going to make it worse. It's just going to get worse. You sort of have to look at those sunk costs, move on, and make a decision. What's the right decision at this moment? And I think that's a very valuable lesson. And as you say, you learned that twenty years ago, and I'm that has helped you throughout your career?
1: Yes, it made a lot more willing to listen to everybody. And one of my bosses, um, he once spent some time with me and he said, Ajay, feedback is a gift. And uh, only people who care, they give you. Sometimes you may think they don't care and they're giving you feedback. But you know what? It is still a gift. Take it and make it your own and you will be more successful. And I tell you, listen to the people People know what they are saying better than the leaders. You have to listen. And once you listen, you can actually change the world better and faster.
0: I think that's uh, absolutely true. As you say, if, if people are not giving you feedback, they don't care. But if they care enough to take the time to give you feedback, yeah, you should listen to it because there might be something that you can do differently. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing your fantastic and inspiring story with us today. It's been a fantastic conversation. I'm sure our audience is going to love to learn more about AI as well. Was there anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap up?
1: As you know, right, I'm very passionate about AI and uh, I do believe it's not always about business. So if your viewers just want to learn and uh, just want to see like how they can use AI in their own personal career or personal business or in their job, feel free to reach out to me. I am on LinkedIn. They can schedule some time with me. I can help them, guide them, whatever I is in my capacity, I can do I believe that everybody really needs to make an effort in learning how AI can help them grow.
0: That's excellent. Thank you so much. Now, in line with that, where can our listeners find you? What do they look for on LinkedIn?
1: They can look for my name, Ajay Malik, or they can look for in slash art of AI. That's my page. They can go there or they can go to my company page, psychomind.ai and schedule some time with me.
0: Fantastic. We'll also put uh, these links in the show notes. Again, AJ, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolutely fantastic discussion. I wish you and Circumind all the very best.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.